we love cake so much we decided to make it a full-time business for me sammy and me bronya join us on our journey of discovery as we meet fellow cake professionals artisan cake makers and home bakers who will give tips and advice on the business of cake making podcast glitter included follow us on instagram and listen to us on spotify itunes podbean or wherever you listen to your podcast sign up to our newsletter and visit the blog at daisycakecompany.co.uk i love that our guest today has had probably the sexiest cake on Coronation Street from the words of the Corrie Art Director. I love that. (laughs) I love her ethos. And the fact that she has been sticking up for all cake makers following an article stating that the average price of a wedding cake is £350, which we all know it isn't. But we'll be talking about that later. So hello to Kate from the Cake Business Club and Little Button Bakery. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Sammy Bronya. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Um, so to start, can you tell us um, how you got into the business of um, cake making and a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, sure. So this is now, I'm in my 11th year of running my cake business, Little Button Bakery. I didn't start out like making cakes from the off. I actually did, I started off at university doing art and then I decided that wasn't for me and I did a business studies degree. After that, I dabbled a bit in business. Then I decided I wanted to be a teacher. So I became a primary school teacher for eight years. seems a lot of cake makers start off as primary teachers. Um, And then when I had my little boy, I just thought I can't go back to teaching. It's just too much work. Like it's too much to juggle the family and the working as a teacher. Um, And I'd always enjoyed baking and I've always been very creative and very crafty. I was always making things out of like FIMO and stuff when I was younger, which is not dissimilar to cakes, making out of icing. Um, And when I was on maternity leave, there was like a night class at my local college doing cake decorating. So I thought I'll go and do that because get out of the house, you know, meet some people, a bit of fun. And then I bought like a voucher on Groupon one day for a cupcake making class. I did that. And then I did another little cupcake making class. I thought, oh, I actually quite like this. And then a friend of mine asked me to make a christening cake for the baby's christening. So I made that. It was my first like tiered cake. And then someone at the christening asked me to make a wedding cake. And that's kind of just how it happened. And wow. then it's it's just gone on from that, really. It was very part-time in the beginning because I was doing it around my son. Um, mm-hmm. And then when he was just like two and a half, I had my daughter. So, you know, it's it's sort of built up. And I only went full-time at it when they were both at school. Um, I think that's probably the, the path that many cake designers have taken. Yeah. Um, you know, starting off maybe as a hobby, then deciding they wanted to do it as a business and doing it around a family. Because it's great, isn't it? It can be flexible to fit in. With, yeah. with you and your your kids and working from home you know I don't work from mm-hmm. home anymore but I did in the beginning and it's so flexible in that respect um and then yeah I've got I moved into my cake studio here in 2020 I got the keys in the February of 2020 had it all kitted mm-hmm. out as a cake mm-hmm. studio didn't have anything didn't have water or anything oh, um gosh made my first wedding cake in here in the March and then it was ready to go and Boris called lockdown on the yes. Friday night and the wedding was on the Saturday so oh no. the, first, the first cake never that I made in my studio didn't ever get to the wedding um 
which was pretty sad. But oh. yeah, and then it's been a bit of a roller coaster ever since <laughs> since the COVID times, as we all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what a nightmare! So you yeah. kind of had it all set up, you're all ready to go, and then yeah, just it was literally kind of sat in there on your own. I knew it might not get there because obviously there'd been talk all week about will it yeah. will lockdown happen? Will it not happen? Um, but it was just so sad. It was so close to the wedding. It was like six yeah. o'clock on the Friday, and obviously the wedding oh. was the next day. Yeah. Everything was ready: flowers, catering, cake. Um, did they, they get did married actually, though? They did, but only just in December, just gone. So they, waited. they kept putting it back because obviously there was still uncertainty. Um, but they yeah. are now married. Yes, um, oh, had, had the cake, <laughs> but they didn't have the same cake as they were. They had the first time around. They went for something more. You had a big dessert table. Um, right. Did they keep the first cake or did you did you eat it? Well, what happened, I, I took some of it to them. Um, right. And then obviously they couldn't, they didn't really need a whole cake. So they had, <laughs> I made favours as well. They got all the favours. They had a tear of oh. the cake. And then I took some to a local nursing home. Some went to my children's school for the children who were in school. Yeah. And then, you know, who weren't, who weren't being home educated. And then some went to a hospital, so it, it got wow. kind of divided up into. It didn't go to as waste as anyway. Did, yeah, as long yeah. as it didn't get wasted, it went to a good cause. Oh, heartbreak! At least they're married. Everything ends with a good yeah, story, good all, ending. All happened <laughs> in the end, and it was all happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so we've asked you here today, um, mainly as your capacity as the founder of the Cake Business Club. So, if you could tell us a little bit that about that, what it is, who is it for, who is it aimed at, who do you help? Yeah, so the Cake Business Club is a fairly new venture. It started in October last year. Um, it's a membership, a monthly membership for cake makers, for all cake makers. And the kind of USP of it is that it is purely about the business side of running a cake business. Mm -hmm. There's no cake decorating tutorials. I don't have like, how much is this cake kind of questions going yeah. on and things like that. <laughs> it's very much about how to run a business and how to run it better and how to make more money because I think yeah. ultimately that's what a lot of cake makers do struggle with. Mm. Um, I started it, I started the, the idea for it came about 18 months ago. Um, and I'm, I'm in a lot of groups, cake making groups, as we all are, you know, we see things and you see what questions are coming up all the time and what yeah. pain points people have got and the things that people seem to need help with and, and lacking in confidence. And I've always been pretty savvy in the business sense. I've got a bit of business studies degree. I've, I've worked in business myself before I was a teacher and then obviously cake making. I've run my own cake business now for nearly 11 years. And that's had great success. You know, I started out in my kitchen and then I've, I've you know, now got my own studio. I've won loads of awards. I'm a judge for the Wedding Industry Awards now. I won UK Cake Business of the Year, the one and only Cake Professionals Awards in 2020. Um, and I just felt like I had such a lot to give. And often many cake makers were coming to me, asking me business kind of related questions, yeah. you know, on Instagram and things like, oh, what would you do in this situation? Yeah. And what about this? And I just thought, right, maybe this is something I need to explore. So I set up like a free Facebook group, which is um, a bigger slice, the Cake Collective, which I know you guys are in, um, yeah. as a sort of community aimed mm. around the business of running a cake business. And that's gone from strength to strength. It's now nearly a thousand members. Um, wow. Yeah, it's been really, really great. I'll be excited when it hits the thousand. Um, <laughs> it's a really active group, really engaged. I run it completely on my own. 
I'm very hands-on in there. Like I that's hard every work post. as well. Facebook it groups are hard, hard work. work. <laughs> people don't realise how much work it is. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I I try and answer every single question, <laughs> which <laughs> you know is is a lot. But I feel like people are there because they want to ask me stuff. Yeah. And I I am very like. I'm in there a lot. I'm, I usually go live once a week as, as much as I can and sort of give advice around a particular topic. Um, but there's only so much you can help people for free. You know, yeah. it's I'm always sort of banging the drum of charge your worth, charge enough, <laughs> you know, make sure yeah. you are charging what you should be charging for what you're doing. And, you know, I, it kind of came to a point where it's like I just can't carry on giving all of this for free. And actually... Yeah. There's a lot more I can help people with um, if I if I if they pay me, you know, if I yeah. run it more as a business rather than just doing it as a sort of sideline. So that's where the Cake Business Club came about. Um, it's a monthly membership, as I said, for cake makers. Currently got just over sixty members in there, which wow. I think from only starting it in October. Yeah, that's brilliant. With, yeah, because you you built up pretty quick, didn't you? Because you put sort of like a limited number on the first. Yeah. The first the intake, first, didn't you? The first intake was 50. That was my limit. And I, I did yeah. like a big challenge launch, did a five-day challenge. And I, I thought I'm going to have to like hustle to get people in because yeah. I don't know how they'll feel about it. And I sold all 50 places in less than 12 hours. So That's that was amazing. Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it. There. I remember watching it. You yeah. go, no, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm full up. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it kind of just showed me the need for what, I was offering was there um, and the level of support I can give. So it's all very much around running a business and the things we should be doing that many of us don't do, like keeping you accountable for them and actually making you do the work. So a lot of the sessions I have in the club, there's generally four to five sessions a month and they're about an hour long. I try and do one a week. Um, Sometimes it has to be two if it's like five in a month. But we do, we like do the work. So we do like yeah. strategy and goal setting where we work through it together and they go, people go away from the session knowing what they're working towards in the next like quarter or next year. We do a monthly social media planning session because that's kind of one of my strengths, social media. Yeah. And I Yeah, your social media is, is pretty cool. <laughs> fallen off the wagon a little bit with it recently, to be honest. But it's just really hard. It feels like hard work at the moment to get the traction on there. Um, unless you're a bit controversial like I am quite often (laughs) but yes so we do social media planning and it's an hour session at the end of the session people have a whole month of ideas mapped out for them and I basically do a lot of that legwork for them I give them all the ideas we talk about things we could post about and like I give them a a pdf and I give them a trello board whichever way they want to work it um so we do that then I've got like a Q&A session where people can literally come and ask me anything and they can submit questions in advance because I've actually it is actually international the membership I've got members in Australia um, wow. America Netherlands so yeah it's it's sometimes there's different time zones so obviously I have to make sure people can access it from wherever they are so they, they ask me in advance and also I've started doing a session where I review people's um Instagram bios or a page of their website so it's like a it's called a lightning round it's like 10 minutes timed of feedback from me about how to improve your website or your instagram bio and it's so it's really helpful um and that in itself is probably worth the cost of the membership like if you when it's your turn yeah and also we have like a guest expert come in once a month or 
sometimes I do the training if it's something I can feel like I've got the best knowledge on I'll teach it or otherwise I have a guest expert so um this week actually yesterday we had um who did we have this week I'm out of my head but last last month we had an SEO expert so she came and told us all about SEO and that was brilliant um oh actually this this week it was um someone telling us all about how to maximize profit in our business so that was a really helpful session and lots of food for thought so I generally you know I ask the members very regularly what are you wanting is there anything specific you want training on and I try to you know build in to what they want rather than what I think they want Mm. um as much as I can so it, I think you know it's it's going really well and the feedback I get from it is generally fantastic and people are seeing higher order values coming in they're seeing more mm. inquiries they're getting more hits to the website they're getting better social media reach they're feeling more confident and like all of those things were my aim of the club really to to, yeah. to get everybody to a stage where they're feeling more confident in business and that they can run their businesses better so yeah what is the biggest thing you see people in the cake business club asking for help with I think the thing that holds so many people back is pricing confidence in pricing like it's very it's a very difficult one um and there's so much contention around it because it's so it's so hard to put a price on a handmade product like and everybody takes different amounts of time to make things people are at all different skill levels so a lot of the pricing groups that I, I see on Facebook and things people are asking how much would you charge for this cake and the people responding are at a completely different skill level to the yeah. person who's asking so you wouldn't expect them to charge what what like the higher yeah. skilled person was going to charge um I think it's quite it's a bit of a dangerous area really and I, I did write a blog post about it the other week because Think, I don't know how helpful it is to ask other people what you should charge for your work. You know, you've yeah. kind of got to work that out yourself. Like, what, yeah. what are your costs? What are your overheads? And I, I always try and get people to work backwards from the end point. So look at what, what do you actually want to earn in your business? Yeah. Like, yeah. how much money do you want to bring in in the year and work backwards from that? Yeah. So, okay, this is the turnover I want. How, how many orders do I want to make? How many weeks of the year do I want to work? And then I divide that out between all of the, the orders and like set a minimum order price. So you know, yeah. okay, to get to the end point that I want, this is what I've got to charge. And I think that's where so many people go wrong because they're charging hourly rates. And actually yeah. the hourly rate they're charging, they're probably working way more than what they're charging for yeah. because yeah. things take longer. So it's just a flawed business model. In, and in also my view. asking asking for other people's prices, it's not giving you the confidence to charge your price. No. When you know I mean, your not- pricing inside out, you're confident when you go back and go, no, that's that's the price. But if you're asking other people, well, what do you think? You're never going to be truly confident going back to your customer with that that price, are you? No, absolutely not. And I think it does come down to confidence in the end. You've got to be confident to say, my cake costs this price. Yeah that's the cost yeah and like like it or lump it like don't say that obviously yeah. but um, yeah you know you've got to put it out there with confidence if you're going up to it you know back to a client and saying oh well this cake's going to take me 15 hours to make and it's 30 pounds in ingredients and everything's gone up recently your client really doesn't give two yeah. hoots about that information 
They just want to know what the cake is going to cost them. So I always try and advise people to ask the budget first. What Mm. is it you want me to plan a cake towards? Are we talking £50? Are we talking £500? What do you want to spend? Because I can then plan a cake around that. There's no point in in spending time. I see it all the time on cake making groups. I've spent four hours back and forth with this customer doing designs. And if not a penny's changed hands, yeah. Why are you doing that? You're just wasting your time. You're wasting your money, and and actually the customer's not booked you anyway um, yeah. because you didn't ask the most important question from the beginning. What do you want? To, yeah. What is your budget? So I think getting people to understand that, and I, if you know, if you're in the bigger slice, the cake collective, you'll you'll hear me banging on about that constantly, like budget, minimum order value. And actually I have changed the perspective and mindset of so many cake makers who've listened to me and actually just taking that little leap of faith, if you like, in trying something different and maybe something that feels a little bit uncomfortable, but then it's worked has given people such a huge confidence boost. Like some of the the ladies in the, in the group have been like booking cakes three times what they would have usually charged. They're like, I would have normally charged this, but I said it was this and they've agreed. Like it's just made 300 pounds more than I was going to make. Because there's always that time when you you give a price over and someone goes, yes, please. Thank you. And you kind of go, damn, why didn't I just put more down? Yeah. And and that's about knowing your customer as well though, isn't it? About knowing who your ideal client is that you're talking to. Absolutely. And I think if you ask from the off what the budget is, yeah. there's none of this go- approaching things, you know, pussyfooting around and yeah. trying to work yourself up to telling people what a cost is. If you know, and that I, that's the way I work with my wedding clients, it's on the form, my, it's on my contact yeah. form, on my email, the first contact, this is my minimum order charge, but most people yeah. work at, like pay between X and Y. It's the first questions I talk to them on email, not in a that's like the first thing I say, obviously, but I'd yeah. say all the niceties first. But I yeah. do throw in there, what was your budget? Because if, if you're not scared about talking about money from the off, then they're not going to be scared about hearing your price from the off. Exactly. I think yeah. the more confident you can be talking about money, being upfront and honest about money and costs, the more the higher value orders you're going to get. Yeah. Um, yeah. obviously your price has got to match your skill level your experience yeah. you know what you're actually offering um but you know I'm booking orders sort of 900 to a thousand pounds regularly I don't make sugar flowers I don't do ruffles I'm not doing all the time consuming things that most cake makers do but, but I'm very confident in my prices and I do mm-hmm. my prices are higher than you know probably the people around most of the people around me but people come to me specifically for my cakes so that they you, you kind of I think a lot of the time when people put low prices on work you're actually probably frightening away your ideal client yeah. by charging too little because yeah. some people actually want to spend a lot of money on something yeah. and when you tell them your price is like way lower than they were anticipating they're going to think, well, that's going to be rubbish then if that's all yeah. they're charging for that. There's that it's perception already, good. isn't there? There's, that, you know, that, yeah, that perception there that expense equals value. And, yeah, you know, people exactly. want to know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, think, right, so, oh, so go on. <laughs> I was going to say, I think a lot of cake makers are actually their own worst enemy in terms of pricing because yeah. we, we, we're very, a lot of people are very guilty of pulling others down as well in the community. Yes. They're like, they're saying, well, why are they charging that price? Or that's yeah. too expensive. Or 
And who are you to say what someone else should charge? That's why I don't really agree with these cake pricing groups because I am not, I shouldn't be telling you how much you should charge for a cake. You have to get to that point yourself where you are happy, you're confident, and you know what you're saying is the right price for you. It's not the right price for Susan down the road or, you know, Janet up the street. It's your price, not anyone else's price. I I remember years and years ago um, when Rosalind Miller had, I don't don't know whether she still is at Harrods, but Rosalind Miller used to have a a concession at Harrods um, and she had a unicorn cake, you know, the unicorn cake craze. Um, And she had a unicorn cake and I think it was an eight inch and it was something like 150 quid. And I remember seeing posts on Facebook that were completely slating how how dare she charge £150. It's just a unicorn cake. And and I think on a few of them, I piped up and went, but if you charged £150 then we could all charge 150 pounds yeah, for it. You exactly. know, if we all did it, rather than knocking them down, build everyone up yeah, and then we'll all be on that level. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a lot of the problem in the cake industry that there are so many people who are not like charging properly, they're not working out the cost and they're just simply plucking a figure from thin air. Yeah. And then they look they make the general public feel yeah. like that's yeah. the cost of a cake and actually it really isn't because they've not done their homework. Yeah. They're not running proper businesses. They're not insured. They're not registered. Um, and they're just. I mean, I, and I remember Rosalind. You things. know, Rosalind Miller was obviously paying Harrods a concession yeah. fee as well. You exactly. know, you probably got about a tenner off that unicorn cake. <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> but why? You know, in a in an industry that's predominantly female, why are we trying yeah. to pull, why, pull everyone why do we down? Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do in my yeah. group. I'm trying to lift everyone up. I'm trying to be a voice for the yeah. industry. I'm trying to be the person who is the cheerleader, the cheerleader yeah. of cake makers, you know, yeah. and telling them just to charge their worth, to charge <laughs> good value, and you to need try some cupcake ed- pom poms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it's a long right, journey. So you know, I mean, this this actually ties in very nicely with why we how we originally asked you to come on to the podcast today um because there was as sammy said in the intro um an article i think it was on hitched i could be wrong anyway uh, there was an article that said that the average price of a wedding cake was 350 pound um and you did a response to that which you caused quite a stir about if i remember um and I know I've done. I've been going on about this for donkey's years, and it drives me nuts. Um, and also this week, bearing in mind that we're recording this just at the end of April, this week a similar thing has gone down, and the average price has actually gone down from yeah. three hundred and fifty to three hundred and four pound. No. Yeah. So yeah. if anyone oh doesn't gosh. know what we're talking about, would you like to explain what has happened? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so. A, a stationery designer that I know sent me a screenshot of an article in Rock My Wedding. It was a blog that they'd published, which was sharing all the average costs of, of a wedding, basically. But these figures have come from one of these UK wedding reports, which are done by Hitched and Bridebook every year. And I can't await with bated breath for them to come out to know what stupid figure they've put on wedding cakes. And Bridebook's been doing year. this for years. They've been doing it they for, and I've bleated about it for years, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, this has got to stop. Like yeah. what? Because it's so, you're just ill-informing couples about the cost of, of, of things for their wedding. Like they're not real costs. I, I don't know yeah. what the figures are or where they've come from, but they are not true costs. Like I don't know any cake makers 
who would make a wedding cake for 300 pounds and like I've asked in my group you know yeah. no one makes them not unless um, it's a single so, tier maybe yeah yeah so it's just <laughs> but, I mean, it's, a crazy figure but it's actually a, a flawed statistic as well isn't it because there is a it big is. chunk of that statistic is freebies isn't it well interestingly I've actually had a call with Bridebook this morning have I've been you? on a Zoom call yes have I've had you? a call to 45 minute zoom chat with the lady who's the head of data at Bridebook this morning so yeah the the thing that I I did I I basically I responded to this rock my wedding post with a reel and I called them out on it um Mm. and I I, you know tagged them in it and and I highlighted that also alongside the stupid figures they were quoting they were showing cakes that were no way 350 yeah yeah, there was a Lambeth cake there with all the bread and everything they're saying 300 pound for a cake and then showing a cake that's probably in excess of 750 next to it so it's like it's just wrong on so many levels so I I called them out on it and in my reel I said like and like and share this post if you agree and well that's exactly what everybody did and it just went absolutely crazy like the amount I was on my phone for 48 hours like non-stop to responding to people apart from when I was sleeping like getting into conversations with people in my dms responding to people's comments it was shared unfortunately it doesn't tell you in reels how many times it's been shared but I reckon it was way over a thousand times it was shared and I think it's been shared again this week yeah it's gone off again this week so (laughs) I think it's reached about 90,000 accounts currently. But for a reel that didn't even have any music, it was just me talking. That's pretty um, impressive. So that went off. So off the back of it, Rock My Wedding basically pooed the pants, for want of a better word, because loads (laughs) loads of suppliers then started contacting Rock My Wedding to take their listings off their directory. Because Rock My Wedding were basically throwing all suppliers under a bus with this yeah. stupid blog post they put they they took it down pretty sharpish and then contacted me to ask me to edit my reel and say that they were gonna work to rectify the situation basically and to be fair it sounds like they are putting steps in action to do that so that's what happened with my wedding hitched uh, Hitched, I had a conversation with a few weeks ago. I had a Zoom call with Hitched as well and and told them all about the figures that they're putting out there and like how wrong they are and how it's just misrepresentation, misrepresenting the whole wedding industry and basically making it very, very difficult for us to stand by what is a real price because they're telling couples that the price is probably less than half what it actually is. So when we're going up, people with budget you know saying oh it's going to be 750 pounds for a cake they're like what I read on right book it's 300 pounds you're ripping me off which is totally not the case I had an inquiry this morning for someone who wanted to spend the I went back to them with my what what's your budget this is my minimum spend he was like oh it's too much I said out of interest what was your budget and he said 200 to 300 pounds I was like this is crazy I've never had such low budgets coming in as, as I have recently and I'm very transparent with my pricing so they're even bypassing the information that's right there in front of them <laughs> and telling me figures that are half of what my minimum is so it's and I think a lot um, yes there's the cost of living crisis going on but I think a lot of it is to do with what people are reading online yeah. which is mi- misinforming them so then so yeah but my wedding took the, the blog post down I had a conversation with Hitched and then this morning I've had a really lengthy conversation with Bridebook about this UK wedding report that they put out every year. And it's about 4,000 couples that respond to it. And she said they are all people who've been married in the last year. But 
They said that the people who say they've spent nothing on a cake are not included, like it just doesn't go into the figures. But people who have had a friend or family member or they've bought a store-bought cake, like, you know, M&S aren't doing them anymore, but that kind of thing, they they are included in the average. So I really, like, laid it out to her how this is just completely ridiculous. Like, what? who are they trying to help with this report? Because it's mm-hmm. not helping couples, because it's not yeah. telling them how much it costs to employ a, a wedding professional for their wedding. It's not helping the wedding industry because they're putting out completely ridiculous costs. And when we're we're then being ghosted or you know just turned down flat flatly by people because we're, we're they're saying we're too expensive and actually we're just giving them the real cost. So she, the lady from Brybrook did listen. Like I felt right. like it was a really productive conversation. She seemed to really take my points on board and understand why it was wrong. And right. I saw that Brybrook did actually post an apology up on their stories yesterday because they posted an infographic out yesterday yeah. or the day before, I think it was didn't Monday. they? Monday. No, no, Bronnie, yeah. you responded to it as well yeah. on your stories. Um, and the whole feed on that post was <gasps> angry wedding suppliers. Yeah, it really was. So and it wasn't just off. cake makers. It was no, it stationers. It was photographers. Yeah, it was everyone. Yeah. But they took it down and then posted it onto the stories instead. <laughs> so I was like, what's the point of that? You just put it from one place to another. But then they obviously thought better of that. And then they took it down and they have actually posted an apology up on stories saying that they'll do better basically. And that they're sorry. And the lady from Bridebooks told me they're going to do a supplier survey about the real cost of weddings, like what That's people so have paid for weddings. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully that will give a much clearer picture if people are honest. But I think a yeah. lot of the problem as well, because I had a quick scan through the Bridebook directory. A, it's very out of date. There's loads of cake makers on there who are not even in business anymore. So they obviously don't regularly check suppliers on there. So people are looking at things that are years out of date. But a lot of there's like a starting from price against everyone's listing. And some of the cake makers have put from 70 pounds, from 150 pounds. I reckon at least 75 percent of them were under 300 pounds. And it's like, well, you're not doing yourselves any favors here. I can only imagine the thinking, well, I make celebration cakes for 70 pounds, 150 pounds. So they're putting that figure down. But, you know, you've. You're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there by saying your starting prices are from that if if it's not true. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been pretty productive. I'm really glad I posted the reel because, you know, it it had a massive snowball effect. And the fact I've basically had conversations with the three big players in the wedding industry now in terms of, you know, I've actually had face-to-face, apart from Rock My Wedding, I haven't spoken to them face-to-face. I've had chats with them in Instagram um but I have spoke I've had a zoom call with Hitched and a zoom call with Bridebook so I I just we just have to hope that they do actually listen because you know it's just misinforming couples when they're trying to plan a wedding I think I did say it'd be better if they gave they asked people what percentage of the budget they allocated towards the different suppliers because I think that would be better than just saying it's a figure like what percentage did you to a, to a cake or to flowers or to stationery um it might give because i mean to, for, for some people the cake's not important for some people the dj's not important you know and and i always say to, yeah. to my couples if you want a cake have an amazing cake if you're not bothered by a cake spend that money on something else or you know that's what i've said yeah. to like at wedding fairs not actually to my couples because that would be really counterproductive anyway um but yeah it's <laughs> like people have 
people have different priorities at their weddings. And I've had some people come up and go, right, we haven't booked anything yet, but we know we want a massive cake because cake's really important. And yeah. for other people, it's like, well, you know, no one eats it anyway. Should we buy? Should we buy? Mm-hmm. Bother getting it? But we really want a, a live band. So all couples are very different, um, yeah. and it is their priority that they're putting on it. But as a cake maker, you you kind of feel one. You, you feel like you want to know that if someone wants a cake, it's because they do actually want it. You know, and, mm, and yeah, it's unlikely someone's going to come to to a bespoke cake designer. If the cake's not important to them, really. I mean, we we you have know. had where you know when I have my shop, we used to have pe- people coming again. We're only having a cake because my mum's paying for it. Yeah, and it used to be right. really disheartening. Yeah. I know. had a couple not long ago saying that exact thing. We don't like cake, so you know we're not. And that's fast. really hard to deal with. But yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. But in a way, you've got to stand firm on that and actually just say, "Well, I'm not the right person for you." Yeah. Then, and, and I will say that to people if I feel like they really don't care about cake and they're giving me bad vibes or like some of the things they're saying are like pointing me towards the fact they don't really give a toss about the cake and don't care what it looks like well I do so (laughs) maybe I'm not the right person for you then you know if you know I care about what it looks I don't want to just make a basic cake I want to do something that's all singing all dancing so yeah you know it's it's a tricky one really to manage and I think I think a lot of cake makers do fall under the trap of saying yes to everything, yeah. particularly yeah. in the beginning. And then yeah. you end up basically being too busy doing things you don't really want to do. And then when things do come along that actually would really light your fire, you haven't got space to do them. So yeah. I think mm-hmm. being brave and saying no to things is something mm-hmm. that's quite important in the cake yeah. making world as well. Um, even though it is scary because obviously you're turning down money and not everyone's in a position to do that. You know, if you need the money, take the money but just don't post it on your social media like don't post anything you don't want to do again on on, out there into the public eye because whatever people see is what they'll ask you for yeah yeah yeah. um I had someone working for me last year and she liked to put everything up um of my stuff whereas now I'm looking back and I'm thinking oh, I, I want to take that down now. I want to get rid of that because I, I yeah. want to just target yeah. that specific brand yeah. sort yeah. of thing. I mean, just because you've made it, you don't need me to show it. Yeah, mm. yeah, you don't need to show it, but like, you don't necessarily need to worry about going back and taking off. You, you do on your website, but on my social yeah. media, I wouldn't go back and take things off that were, you know, not to your taste off from like years ago because no one's going to scroll back that far. Like they might do two scrolls and that's it. You know, yeah, that's, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. But website, definitely you need to make sure that it's the showcase of what you actually want to do. That's yeah. right. What you want people to book you for. Mm. Um, so a website is definitely like super important to be mm. up to date on brand. Mm. Um, the, um, Cake industry, um, how do we as a cake industry overcome something as fundamental as the wedding industry implying how much we should be charging? Um, do you think that um, we should put stuff on our website? Because um, we're, about we're pricing, you mean? yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're as a cake industry, we're not particularly proactive here, are we? You know, we, we like you say, we don't help ourselves quite no. often, do we? Some people don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> tar everyone with the same push no I think I'm all for you know being transparent about pricing I think it puts me off if I 
if I'm looking for something, whatever that may be, and I go to someone's website to look for the thing I'm looking for, and there's absolutely no prices whatsoever. Like I'm looking for somewhere to go for dinner on Friday with my husband and someone suggested a restaurant. I went to their website, no pricing whatsoever. So I'm like, well, that's just going to be ridiculous cost. So I'm not yeah. going to go there. But that might not actually be true. Like well, I'm just yeah. making that assumption because it's not there for me to see. But like, you don't want to get into I, that situation where you're, happy, no, you're, you're in a situation that I can't afford yeah. it. Yeah. I think being transparent about your pricing, being open and honest about it, having it on your website. So I like to, I tell people what my minimum charge is. I tell them what the kind of average spend is. And then in my cake gallery on my website, if you hover over my cakes, it'll tell you roughly like the starting price of those cakes to give you an idea of like Mm. what it might cost you. Um, And I think, A, it saves you so much time doing that in the majority because people who aren't your client and who don't want to spend what you're saying your cakes cost are not going to contact you in the first place Mm -hmm. so you save time by having to respond to people who are just not your customer um because I think we waste a lot of time many of us back and forth emailing people before we even had the conversation about cost and when we do have that conversation 10 emails in when we've already spent two hours on that client they're completely on a different page to us. So yeah. I think transparency and openness and honesty is key. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm I'm quite confident and like speaking out to, about in the wedding industry, like I've, you know, picked up a fuss about this 350 pound thing. Mm-hmm. I get that not everyone's going to do that because people are scared of backlash. They're scared of putting themselves out there and like speaking the truth. But uh, it's a fine line because sometimes it can go wrong <laughs> depending <laughs> what you say you know you might end up with backlash off the back yeah. of it but then a few the, the most recent things I've spoken out about one was charging my worth and like why I charge what I charge and the other was the the pricing of wedding cakes mm-hmm. both of those posts I've had have gone viral so mm, right. like, and so you well, put you you're quite happy to put it all over your social medias as well yeah, I mean, I do put it on my little my little button bakery Instagram. I talk yeah. about it on there. It's where I've got the most following. I've got twelve right. and a half thousand followers on there, and actually, I reckon sixty percent of the people who follow me are other cake makers. Yeah. So it's a it's I'm speaking to the people, my tribe, if you like, who want to hear what I've got to say. Yeah. And from the posts that I have done, like I've ended up with about two hundred and fifty new cake makers follow me off the back wow. of my. 350 pound post and the back of my charge your worth post I've then directed them over to my free Facebook group I've got them on my mailing list yeah and now I can talk to them about the things I'm passionate about and like educate them and obviously ultimately hope that they might come and join me in the Kate Business Club yeah because they'll see the value in what I am offering them um For free you know the things I do do for free I do a lot like I have a weekly email that goes out every week which has got helpful things on as I find interesting links that are found on the internet that week to, to the things that will help you in your business I give you social media prompts I, I usually love, tell I love an email newsletter. about something that's happened that week like there's always something that, yeah. that happened like and it, I'm I'm doing the same as everyone on my mailing list I'm running a cake business yeah it's relatable yeah. to to you and I, I am very honest maybe too honest sometimes but I'll share the highs and the lows and I think that's important because it's not always a bed of roses running your own business. It's a lonely business. We're yeah. on our own most of the time, unless we've got a member of staff. 
we're like you know listening to the radio talking to ourselves and like these little communities like my biggest slice of the cake collective community and my cake business club community it's a chance for other for people to come together with like-minded people and like talk in a safe space about things that are worrying them or advice they might need or because chances are somebody else will have had that exact same situation in their business and they'll know how they got through it and how it was dealt with um I mean I think I do keep a close eye on any discussions that are going on in my cake group because I think there sometimes is a tendency with some cake makers to be a bit of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and people say things that they wouldn't say yeah. to someone's face online. Yeah. And it's like a bit upsetting really when that happens. Thankfully, nothing like that's happened in the group. But, you know, I think we've all got to remember we, we all started in the same place. Yeah. We all started not knowing what we were doing. We didn't, we never made a cake before. We'd never made, had an order before. And no matter where you are in your journey, you're still, you're not at the end of your journey. You're still yeah. learning. There's always things to learn. I don't know everything. I know a lot, but there's lots I don't know. And I'm continually learning myself. And a lot of that, my learning is so I can pass knowledge on to others and like educate and help other people because I feel like the more I know, the more I can be a more grounded, like, coach, yeah. if you like, for other cake makers. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people in the industry are frightened of sharing their knowledge. Yeah. You know, they're frightened of telling someone how they did something or yeah. why they got to that point, and they hide they hide the information. And but, people, you know, like to, they don't like to hide the mistakes. I mean, we're very open and honest yeah, on this like podcast. Yeah, we like to talk about all of you the know. mistakes I've made. <laughs> You know, we've talked about our cakes that have fallen down and, and all the rest. You yeah. know, we're, we're very – because, like yeah. you say, it's like we're not all perfect and it's yeah. nice to know that if you're in your, your kitchen making a cake that actually someone else has had a four-tier cake fall down and it's been yeah. a nightmare and a disaster. Yeah. And it, Or sometimes yeah. your cake bake, it comes out of the oven and it's failed. Yeah. And, you know, it it, it's – And it's a giant scone. Like, I've had that before. <laughs> I'm like, what happened? I forgot to put in this 12 inch yeah. it's like or you put the cake in the oven and the eggs are still on the side it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. it happens, it happens to all of us I think you know when you're sharing it in like a closed community you feel a bit more like it's a safe yeah. space to do so and I think it's nice yeah. to have that because there's so many cake makers in the world like there's enough work for everybody yeah everyone's different in their own way no one is the same as you you know, even if they want to be like you, they're not ever going to yeah. be you because you are you, like you're your USP. Like there's loads of other people doing memberships and trying to coach other cake makers in their businesses. No one else is me. Like yeah. I might, people either like you or they don't. And I think it, it's you often that sells your work to people. Yeah. And I think a lot of people shy away from kind of showing themselves, particularly on social media, because they don't want, they're frightened of it. They don't want people to see them and everything. However, that's probably the thing that's holding cake makers back the most because people connect with other people. Yeah. If they see a real face behind the business, if they get to know a bit of your backstory, if they get to understand your journey and where you are now and what you like doing and a bit about you, a bit about like your family and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. they'll get they kind of, it's this no like trust factor. They get to know yeah. you, then they yeah. like you. And when they trust you, that's when they'll buy from you. Yeah. So yeah. it can take weeks it can take years but particularly with wedding cake makers it can be years the journey yeah. people follow you when they first get engaged and then they might book you for the wedding like three years later yeah. Yeah. but they've spent three years getting to know you yeah so often 
because I'm very visible on social media, not not so much recently, but I have been very visible. Yeah. Like I often when I meet like couples for consultations, they feel like they know me already. Yeah. They see me all the time. And like, you feel like they've got that connection with you. Yeah. I think it's really important. Something people shouldn't really hide behind. And it, I think you've just got to get over it. Like you've just got to pull your big girl pants on. Yeah. Just do it. Like once yeah. you've done it once, you don't have to do it again. And yeah. that's the first time it's done. And it's never going to be as scary again after you've done it. And it's also, it also doesn't have to be perfect, does it? It doesn't have to no. be, it just has to be you. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, just a picture of you. It doesn't have to be a video or anything. I mean, <laughs> you can get work up to videos. Um, and you don't even have to go live if you do do a video. You can just record it and post yeah. it up and make sure you're happy with it. Um, but I think it's it's something that people need to get more used to because yeah. I bet they would, it would really benefit their businesses by doing those things. I did, a, I did a, a course yesterday and the woman running it was saying that she had done statistics on um, her postings of postings with a um, stock photo from the internet and a posting with a photo of her and the posting of her did something like 150% better than the photo with the stock picture. I I can believe that. it's, It's social media at the moment you've kind of you've got to be you've got to make people stop in the tracks really because yeah. people it's very hard to get people to stop and actually engage with something because they just scroll 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 mostly looking at videos of cats and you've got to kind of stand out in the scene <laughs> of cats and dogs um but you've got to have something that's eye-catching something that's you know going to make people want to read what what they they yeah. see so if it's a stock photo of a cup of coffee with a notebook you know scroll on by it's boring yeah. like you've got to make it stand out so the more you can put out amazing content the better chance you've got of people engaging with you yeah. and like I see a lot of cake makers like doing this like patterns on the grids you know where yeah. they post a photo then it's like a picture of their logo photo picture of the logo photo and it's just like what are you doing it's just yeah. weird like it, <laughs> and who are you doing it for <laughs> yeah i love that yeah it's too it's too neat and tidy for me <laughs> it doesn't have to be neat and tidy like the no. gone of the days of pretty grids like yeah. yes it, yeah. it has to flow and kind of it has to follow a kind of general aesthetic of of things being similar but it certainly doesn't have to follow any sort of pattern or or where you see photos that are split into three photos across three different bridges and the only look at one photo when you look at it but then the next time you post the post it throws it all out of sync anyway (laughs) so I mean that's it's a bit like going back to the 90s like it's not the 90s but it's very out of date now I think people are more interested in what's happening at the moment like what what are you doing like what's going on behind the scenes like show up use your Instagram stories I mean I'm predominantly Instagram as opposed to Facebook because I feel like that's more where my ideal client hangs out but um you know just show up as your real self don't try and pretend you're somebody that you're not because people see behind that you know and just the more you do it the easier it gets same with writing like people like oh I don't know what to write I don't know what to put in my caption just start it and have a go like it's not it's and I think procrastination and we talk ourselves out of doing things when actually if we just got on and did it it wouldn't be that difficult and even now there's so many tools to help you with stuff like that AI tools oh my god yeah Um, (laughs) and Canva's got AI writing tools they're on about Microsoft Word having AI writing tools like 
Google, so, Google's got it. Write the caption yeah. for you, but then yeah. just edit it. You know, if you're really that stuck on what to write. <clears throat> but I think images are more important, really, like grabbing attention. Because does anyone really read the captions? I mean, I know they say you should have a really good caption, but I find, personally, I mean, I know I'm not, you know, everyone, everyone doesn't do what I do, but if I see a cap- caption that's too long, I don't read it. I can't read reams and reams and reams unless they've really captured my imagination with like their image or their first line. I, I'm not reading right to the very end, quite frankly. <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a woolly situation that really because I think it depends very much on what you write, your writing style, and how easy it is to read and whether it grabs people's attention. Like you said, like some of my captions are long. Like I've just posted one up today about the progress of of this chat with Bride Book this morning. And that was quite long, but I had to explain what had happened. But it's yeah. had a really good response, and I suspect people have read the caption. And I think, you know, like I might have certain people that I know I always read their captions because yeah. I like reading what they've got to say. Yeah, It's um, a bit like um, blogs. Um, I don't really read blogs, but I yeah. think I do read the Instagram notes. Right. I quite often flip down and, yeah. and read yeah. the rest yeah. of them Actually. and then I'll, I'll I'll trawl through their um, links and things as well so it, it just leads you're me on yeah. on a journey <laughs> yeah <laughs> a nice one yeah. it depends if it grabs your attention but yeah. like that's kind of, you've got to get into writing because kind of once you get used to doing it and you write more and more you do grab people's attention and yeah. you'll get your own yeah. writing style like I think I've got quite my own writing style yeah, and I definitely. actually really love, I love writing like I like writing my weekly newsletter I like writing captions and blogs so I think the more you do it like I would never yeah. use it a robot to write my blogs because I'm quite happy to write them myself like I know what I want to say I quite like it Um, I've literally only started using it in the last month but I like the fact that my mind will go blank I'll type in the words the main words and it'll bring up something for me and then I can tweak it yeah. Yeah. So, so it's it's, it's, it's starting it. off the start, starting yeah. post. You've got your own style, Bronya. I love your, your yeah, I mean, style I've, as well. I've been writing for a long I mean, I used to write a magazine years and years ago, so mm. I kind of started developing my style 30 odd years ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so my I do a lot of blog writing, I do a lot of blog recipe writing. And you, yeah. although we all love to think that you can just write a recipe and put that out, Google won't find it. They like a few hundred words and all the rest of it so you have to write them but yeah so I I've got quite um mm. I've been doing it a long time though so I'm not scared of it and I've been doing it a very long time my, my that's it, though. you just gotta get, get get started with it because yeah. the longer you put it off that the harder it gets yeah. you pull yourself out of it yeah. just do it what's the worst yeah. that can happen exactly. nobody reads it like you know yeah no one's well, dying from try. it <laughs> And then next time you might they might read it more. And really, like with blogs, almost blogs are more for Google than they are for a reader. Yes, yeah. it's more content for your website. It's more keywords you can yeah. stuff it with. It's more SEO, like for your website. So yes, it's important what you write, and it's got to be engaging. But you're also benefiting your, you know rankings in google by putting regular content out there like blogs like i'm starting completely from scratch with my kate business club website you know it's got a domain authority of zero (laughs) which is obviously right at the bottom of the pile it doesn't even show up if i type in the kate business club into google currently but it's um it will it's it's a work because it takes time to build to build it up 
but like you know my little button bakery page that's got like a domain authority of 26 it's number one in google for most searches like locally so it's that's because that's got it takes time I think yeah. people expect things to happen super quick and yeah that's the yeah. problem so many people expect websites take websites take a yeah. long time blogs I mean I, I've been blogging for many Just many years and, and and Google changes the goalpost every so often so you do have to keep on touch of yeah the goalpost mm, yeah. changing and everything but as long as you're putting out there's something at the moment I think it's eat e-e-a-t and it's expertise experience um and but it's all about being an expert in it and that's what google is looking for at the moment is that you yeah. are an expert and that you're not ai that you are a real a real human yeah. that's, that's talking it's about it it's going to crack down on ai content yeah. for sure yeah and i think people say this word expert but really an expert I, I can't remember who says it now but it could be lisa johnson actually she says the you're an expert if you know more than the average yeah. room of people yeah. like you don't have to be the top dog of everything <laughs> you just if you think you're in a room do I know more than most yeah. people hear about cakes yeah I probably do so you're the you're expert, the expert. Like, yeah absolutely right so when when you what piece of advice um do you know I'm reading my reading my question and talking about my writing style it doesn't make any sense at all uh, <laughs> what piece of advice would you have given yourself when you first started out making cakes Oh God, so many things. Um, I think say no when you know it's not, you, you don't get good vibes. Yeah. Like if you don't say yes to everything because yeah. it's it's not going to light your fire and you're going to find yourself A, thinking why the hell did I take this on? I've got no <laughs> idea how to do this. Or B, like, oh God, why have I agreed to work this bank holiday Monday when I yeah. really don't want to do that? Um, or I've got to now work this weekend and I wanted to go away with my family and now I can't because I've said yes. Because I think it's a fear in the beginning of yeah. saying you have to say yes to everything because you're trying to build your business up. But actually, it's, it's not true. And I think the sooner you can get into your swing and your vibe and your niche and like decide what direction you actually want to take and what you really want to do, the better and quicker your business will grow. Yeah. Um, because I think saying yes to everything and be doing every single style of cake and, and every type of cake, it, you kind of you're competing with every single cake maker in the whole of the country. Whereas if you develop your own style and like and you know niche down, the competition gets a lot smaller. So that's when yeah. you start getting the orders because people are like, oh, look at this person. They're a bit mm. different. They look more like the kind of thing I want. They do like interesting things rather than just the standard, you know, the same as everybody else. Um, I think it's a hard thing that though for Kate, you know, it's hard to decide what you want to do, particularly in the beginning. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And the way everyone starts out is generally we start off doing it as a hobby and like just meddling around, aren't we? And mm. we're just doing bits of bits of everything. Um, but I think if, if maybe we just took that little bit of time to sit down and really think about what we actually wanted to do, because I bet there's not many other businesses out there that had literally just start a business without thinking about it. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's generally out. like crafty businesses that, that yeah. start like that. But, and cake making, I think, is probably one of the biggest ones that, yeah, yeah. we make it for a couple well, of think, mates and next minute, yeah, it's a business. How does that yeah. happen? <laughs> you just got to like, I think, do a plan in the beginning and actually really think about the direction you want to go and what you want to do. Um, because it would say it saves so much time in the long run. Because I yeah. think you waste time doing things that actually you don't want to do, and you could have been doing the things you really wanted to do yeah. and earning more money. Mm. Um, 
So yeah, say no. Say no is it's a big thing <laughs> I will tell myself. Don't say yes to those things you really don't want to do. And Good the, advice. The bride don't say yes to those either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know your clients. Yeah. Know which oh, clients God, you don't want to yeah. be working with. <laughs> That's, that's really good waving. advice. I like, yeah, I like your <laughs> advice. Um, lastly, so our listeners can find you, what are your socials and website? And do you have anything coming up? Oh, and I've got one more question. Where, where are you based? So I'm in Marple, which is in Stockport, Greater Manchester. So in the right. north. Yeah. Um, okay. Pretty close to Manchester, really, about mm-hmm. half an hour away. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah, so you can find me. Instagram is probably a good place to find me. So I'm, I'm at Little Button Bakery or at The Cake Business Club on Instagram. I'd love you, if you are a cake maker, which I'm sure you are, if you're listening to the podcast, that you come over to my free Facebook group, which is a bigger slice underscore the cake collective. Um, you can join that and, you know, use it as you wish. It's a really nice community. It is a nice, and it is a love, it's a, a feels like a safe place to actually to talk in yeah yeah I think it does and I, I like the fact it is purely about the business stuff yeah. because I think things get lost in like these other cake making groups yeah. because yeah. it's a mixture of both and, and kind of I think feel like people know what they can ask in my group now yeah. and mm-hmm. um and it's a supportive safe space like you say um the door like the doors to the cake business club which is my monthly membership are they're open quarterly so the next time they'll be open is going to be the end of june and i'll probably do a challenge kind of launch for that because i feel like they're quite good to get like the vibe going and everyone interested in what i'm doing um so yeah you can't currently join but you can put your name on the waiting list on the cake business club website and which is just www.thecakebusinessclub.co.uk and, and I'll let you know when the doors are opening. Um, do, you, do, you post, do you post about that on your Instagram yeah, page as well? Yeah, I will. I'll be banging on about it in all, all <laughs> different on Instagram, on my mailing list, yeah. on Facebook, in the group. Yeah, don't worry. It won't be. You won't be able to escape the fact that it's it's so. Um, and if I, if I wanted to join your mailing list, what should I do? Um, to join my mailing list, if you go to a bigger slice of the cake collective and once when you sign up to join that you can pop your, your email address in right. and i'll add you onto the list and then you get i send you a freebie guide when you first sign up which is 10 ways to level up your cake business like a pdf guide and then you get an email from me like once a week then mm-hmm. but obviously you can unsubscribe at any time but hope hope you won't um yeah, I'm, on your, I'm on your mailing list I love a newsletter it's it's one of my uh, favorite things newsletters coming in yeah. useful newsletters I think pretty popular to be honest I, I yeah. generally get an open rate of about 50 percent, which I think is pretty That's high for pretty a mailing good. list yeah so it's yeah people obviously like like me hearing they probably just want to know what things I've been up to that week and what's gone wrong <laughs> um like my floor like having to be ripped up in my studio the other week oh um, no so yeah I've also got loads of other things to help cake makers so if you go to the cake business club website there's a little a page called the pantry I've got lots of tools available at a really low cost so I've got editable terms and conditions that you can buy I've got like a pricing spreadsheet which took me a whole week to build it's like the most badass spreadsheet you'll ever see (laughs) and it'll price up every cake in every size loads of other things as well it's really good and there's like a forecasting tool. So have a look in there. There's loads yeah. of good, good things. Like I try and ask people what they want and then I make it for them. Yeah. So well, it sounds it, like you've really got 
got some good stuff on there because yeah. uh, I'm listening to that and I'm thinking, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go and have a <laughs> look. They're all like low cost, like nothing's more than £15. Yeah. Pounds. So for the sake of the hours and hours it'll take, as I said, the spreadsheet took me about a week to build yeah. it. It started off small and then it gradually kind of yeah, grew. Really yeah, I can, I can imagine. Like massive. Um, so, I'm surprised the, it only took you a week. I know. I'm quite, once I get into something though, I just, I'm I just like hyper-focused till I've got it yeah. done. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm always like thinking of new things. I'll probably do some course. Like I do little standalone courses and things. I've got a Reels course. I'm going to do a hashtag course soon. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm always got my finger in lots of pies, um, but I really am enjoying like helping people in their businesses. I feel like mm. I love making cakes and like wedding cakes are, are, are fantastic to work with couples on that. But I feel like I found my thing with the yeah. cake. Yeah. Um, well, you can see I when you're it. talking how passionate you are about it and you really like um, know your stuff <clears throat> that you're talking about. Yeah. Like yeah, as I said, I am always learning, so I feel like I'm always like absorbing things in my brain, learning new things. Mm. So, and I kind of retain information quite well. I'm quite technical, quite techy. So anything like IT related, I usually am pretty good with. Yeah. Whereas that's what a lot of other people tend to to struggle with. So I can help with that. But yeah, I definitely enjoy it, and it's I love hearing like success stories of people who have gained in confidence or booked higher value orders or they're getting more clients coming in and like successful wedding fairs and things like that just because they've they're in the club and they're feeling more confident about themselves and the businesses Mm. it's it's a privilege really to be able to help people in that way and to have the impact that it is having so I feel like it was one of the best things I've done setting Mm. it up um and yeah I I love your website as well <laughs> I think she's proper be... stalked you. Yeah, <laughs> the Cake Business Club or the Little Button Bakery website. Yeah, Little Button Bakery. I just, yeah. I just loved it the way it's set out, the colours oh, and the photography, and oh, well, yeah, it was really nice. Well, I, I built all that myself and the Cake Business Club one. But as I said, yeah. I'm quite technical, so I also don't like other people doing things. I like, I like to have control. <laughs> um, Did you bit, do all um, your own photography as well? Not all of it, no. Some of it, I had a branding shoot done for a lot uh-huh. of the website stuff, um, uh-huh. which is one of the best things I think I've done for my business. Like, it's great to have all those images and like yeah. little videos. Yeah, they, as well. really, they look just so amazing. It, it really, yeah. um, some websites I look at and I, I, you know, I just, you just walk on by, but this one, I was all over it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I think, you know, you've got to have your website's got to represent yeah. the business gotta yeah. be the same tone of voice the same imagery if, if you're aiming for like higher end it's got to look higher end and I think a lot of people struggle with getting that right because I'm as I know I said I'm a judge for the wedding industry awards now and obviously as part of that I had to review loads of businesses and like I looked at websites I looked at social media and so many websites really were difficult to navigate yeah. the, the imagery the images were terrible like or they were the, so blurry or like they didn't load properly and I struggled to find the information I needed. Well, I'm not even a client. Like if I struggle to find it, it's just, they're going to just scroll on. They're going to click yeah. on it and then go to somewhere else. So mm. I think it's really important to get that right yeah. um, and make sure that you are, you know, all of your like avenues for digital marketing are singing from the same hymn sheet. Mm. Yeah. 
Oh, we could chat all afternoon. Yeah, okay. we could. <laughs> we, really could. we could go on forever, but yeah. I know you. I know you've got a deadline. So. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming and chatting today. Um, and maybe we should get you on again because, like I say, we there are so many things we could be talking about. That yeah. Um, yeah. Um, maybe when those. your your um, club is opening again, you should come on and have a chat about yeah. that. Just, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to come back on. It's been really yeah. nice to talk to you both. I told you I was a talker. So. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't let us down. <laughs> no. I don't know if you spoke, actually. I think it was just me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, and good luck with everything. And we will hopefully chat to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow. I liked well, her. Oh, <laughs> And she, she did say to me, she said, I can talk. She didn't disappoint, did no, she? but in a good way. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. There, were, there weren't any like, oh, my God, what can we say next? <laughs> sort of thing. In fact, we actually missed out one of our questions because we were doing so well. Yeah. We, yeah. I just thought, God, we, yeah, we, we, this could be a four-hour episode. Yeah. But and, I and I kept, we kept asking her question, other questions, though, that we hadn't <laughs> planned. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, she was I a could good, talk good to guest. her for ages. And, and she's got so many good things to say as well. Yeah. I think that's the important thing. Yeah, and that... she's so passionate about yeah. what she's saying and she knows her stuff, yeah. which, you know, you, if you're going to be in, in have a, uh, the Cake Business Club, you're going to need to know. Yeah, you're going to need to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I because I'm on her her free Facebook page, and the questions that get asked are all business questions. Mm. You never get anyone saying anything like, "What sugar paste should I be using?" It's mm. genuinely, you know, it's it's all about business, which is just yeah. really nice, really yeah. nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But hopefully I liked we'll have her haircut. Again. I liked her haircut as well. <laughs> Oh, that was a good haircut and glasses. Yeah. Oh gosh. Good, good smile. <laughs> I'm like um, anything stalk, else. Stalker Sammy. <laughs> right, right. Go on then. Okay. <clears throat> Drum roll. Oh, better not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for product of the week. Product of the week. Product of the week. Excellent. I don't know whose turn it is. We are so out of sync. I have no idea. Shall I go yeah. first? Yeah, yeah. I'll let you go first. Right. So you know how I love a cookbook? Yes. I love a cookbook. Yeah. I have got the new Claire Patak. I think Ooh. that's how you pronounce it. Patak. Claire Patak, Love is a Pink Cake. So Claire is the owner and founder of Violet Bakery in the mm-hmm. East End of London um Violet Bakery of Harry and Meghan wedding cake fame oh right yes okay so she made their wedding cake lemon Um, and elderflower that's the one um on all those beautiful stands and it was all like just yeah what's not disjointed that's not the word I wanted to say um oh I don't know displayed Uh, yeah anyway (laughs) um discombobulated deconstructed (laughs) discombobulated yeah I like that Um, so she is actually, I think she's from San Francisco. She's from California. Oh, I didn't know that. And she lives in the East End of London. Mm-hmm. And this cake, this book has got bakes for morning, afternoon and evening. And she's got a section from 
San, uh, from California, and then a whole section of English, um, which is really lovely. And they all have like a little thing, like the reason I'm making this is because my nan used to make it or my grandma used to make it, or the reason I'm making this is because this is one of the first bakes that I had when I came to England and really, really nice bakes. And she also is very into um, seasonality, so seasonal fruit and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Which got- is good for the environment because you're not shipping it in. Yeah, um, and, but it's got beautiful pictures, lovely oh, photos. Oh, that looks really nice. It is. It's a really, really nice book, and it's a really easy book to follow. Um, and so this one, look, Jostberry and Loganberry Matcha Cake. Ooh. Um, I don't know what a Jostberry is. No, I don't know what a Jostberry is. Um, so I've only ever seen Jostberries on Jane Scotter's Fern Varrow vero farm i did consider whether i should include these berries so there you go she, so she does know that it's difficult um but they're all all recipes that she has experienced and mm. she's made herself um mm. and it's just really lovely and i bought it from amazon um yeah i love it love is a pink cake i love that and i love that title yeah good title Thanks. good name <sighs> right. okay so you ready for mine? I'm re- I, I've seen it and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Go on. Okay, I've just got to pull up the page so I can read it to you. So I have a six and a half inch multi-purpose rose petal tool. So it's it's basically it's a rolling pin, but it's got a lovely um, rounded curved edge for softening is that what it is yeah for softening <laughs> and cupping petals it works like a ball molding modeling tool oh so you can use it as um a frilling stick it's a mini rolling pin so you can roll out your sugar paste yeah um or your flour paste etc and it's special polished surface for a non-stick performance Ooh. which i really like that yeah nice and I treated myself the other day, and they do other sizes as well. So there's smaller ones, or you can buy a kit with about four different oh, sizes okay. in it as well. I think this one was about five quid. So it's it's like a, one of the small non-stick rolling pins. Rolling, it looks thinner than like a normal yeah, rolling and pin, it, but it's bigger slightly at one end. It feels like, oh, and it's okay. molded. It's it's. Is it, is it st- cell sticks? I can never remember their names. Yeah, I think, you can yeah. get you can get thinner ones. Right. Them. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but that's quite nice because that can, you can put that in your emergency kit and it's got like mini yeah. uses. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, because you you can use it as a rolling pin. Yeah. And a thriller, and I've I've been using it for all sorts this week. <laughs> it's like my new tool. So where so. did you get it from? Um, I get it. I got it from Cake Stuff. Okay. But you can you can get it from other companies as well. Right. I have, what, what was the the actual name of it again? Um, it's called a Pullingers. So that must be the company. Um, uh, a Pullingers six and a half inch multi purpose rose petal tool rolling pin. <gasps> Recommended oh. retail price five pounds ninety nine. Excellent. Nice. So yeah, nice, I love nice, it. Nice. Love Excellent. it. You were waving around at me yesterday. I'm like, I have no idea what she's looking yeah. at, what she's got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Um, right, I have, hold on, I have a listener comment. 
You know, oh. we were doing listener comments. Yes. I've got one. I've just got to oh find it God. now. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold your, hold your horses. Um, I bet I can't find it now. I'll have to go back. Holding my horses. Oh, is that what that was? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, here we are. Here we are. So this is from Shelley at Devon Made Cakes. Hello. I hope you are both well and are enjoying, enjoying your break because um, she sent this in our two-week break. <laughs> I just wanted to say how much I enjoy your podcast and all your advice. I started my home baking business just over a year ago and your podcast has been invaluable. Oh, you wow. both pick me up when I'm feeling down and self-doubt has self-doubt you keep me grounded and you let me know I'm not the only one going through this thank you for reading out my questions when we did the Q&A I did a little dance in my kitchen when I heard it keep up the amazing work you are helping more than you know kind regards Shelley Oh, that's Thank so lovely. That's brought a little tear to my eye. So that was on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you so much, Shelley. Um, yeah, yeah. And good luck in everything you do. Yeah. You know, only we go in a year, but hey. You got you know, it, girl. You so have. You so yeah. have. Um, yeah. Devon Made Cakes. If anyone wants to go and check her out, Devon Made Cakes. Um, yeah. And if you ever want to leave a message for us, you can do it on Instagram, on iTunes, in our DMs wherever and, and um on audible on. <laughs> audible. yeah but i never know how how do i find comments on audible oh i don't know how you find comments oh, okay. on audible right. i was just okay. amazed that we were on audible <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh, wow but yeah so please if you ever want to leave a message um for us to read out then please please do that would be yes. lovely um yeah and you can find us on spotify itunes audible um, Podbean. Podbean. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, Google. Yeah. Um, you can ask your Google or your Alexa yeah. to, to yeah. play it. Um, please rate and review us because it really does help other people finding yeah. us. And just recommend us to all your mates. That'd be lovely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Love you all. Thank you. Um, right, okay. Next time. Bye. <laughs>